0: Okay, this will be the second take. Of course, for some reason, the first take got so loud. I don't know how. Um, So, yeah. I should, like, start doing, in doing these intros. I should, like, take a puff of, like, smoke of smoke, you know? Really fit, fits with the theme I'm trying to go with this thing Then I'm doing because I'm bored, you know? Like, buying just bike cigarettes. I got the lighters because, like, I make, I, cust- I make customized lighters yeah it's kind of pretty cheap so yeah <laughs> this is the pop podcast slow throw the intro good morning good afternoon good evening this is the Papa podcast i don't know how long the intro is um so yeah this is the second episode um <laughs> i think it's been like three weeks since the last release at first, you know, at first I thought maybe I can do this once a week. Then maybe twice a week. Then this is the third week. I'm like, oh, I finished the script, so I guess I can record it today. <sighs> so yeah, um, today's topic is just gonna is gonna be about the modern age of superheroes. And I just go I'll go down through the different ages. The that came along until we got into the modern age of superheroes. Um, so, technically, there are. Uh, technically, they are like four to five ages. Yeah, four, like, four to five. Like, it's the Golden Age, silver Age, Bronze Age, and then the Modern Age. But since the Modern Age is so vast, it's kind of split between this modern age is kind of split i'll get down to that later so uh, the modern age of superheroes first we begin with the golden age and this was the era of american comic from the 1930 to 1956 where the superhero archetype was created and many well-known characters were introduced um, the event that marked the beginning of the Golden Age was the 1938 debut of Superman in Action Comics number 1, published by National Comics Publication, the predecessor of DC Comics. Well, during the 1940s, patriotic heroes donning red, white, and blue were popular during the time of the Second World War. Many of these heroes of that time period battled against the Axis powers, an example of one of the most well-known of these kinds of superheroes superheroes was Captain America and by the late 40s the popularity of superhero comics waned and to retain reader interest comic book publishers diversified into other genres and many superhero titles were cancelled or converted to other genres. The population and circulation of comic books about superheroes had declined the following after, after following World War II and comic book horror, crime and romance took larger shows on market. And that was the end of the Golden Age. Then in 1954, publishers implemented the Comics Code Authority after the rise of the controversy of alleged links between comic books and juvenile delinquency to regulate comic contests. This led comic, comic publishers to abandon its horror comic line. In the wake of these changes, publishers began introducing superhero stories again and the Silver Age era began from 1956 with the introduction of the modern version of the Flash in DC Showcase number four, who was a reworked character from the Golden Age. At the time, only three superheroes, Superman, Batman and One Woman, were still published under their own titles. But with the success of Showcase number four, several other 1940s superheroes were reworked. An example the Green Lantern, where only, only the characters' names remained the same. Their costumes, locales, and identities were altered and imaginative scientific explanations for the superpowers generally took the place of magic in their stories. In response to the strong demand of superheroes, Marvel Comics came to be following up with The Fantastic Four number 1. DC Comics sparked the super revival and Marvel Comics then capitalized on the revived interest with sophisticated stories and characterization. Under the guidance of writer, editor, Stan Lee, and artists slash co-plotters such as Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, Marvel began its own rise to prominence with an innovation that changed the comic book industry where characters were flawed and had self-doubt. The difference between the ages was of how comics of the Silver Age explain the superhero phenomena. An origin through science, inspired by contemporary science fiction as opposed to the Golden Age, which commonly relied on m- magic and mysticism. During the 1960s, a gradual loosening of enforcement standards eventually led to the re establishment of horror titles within the DC and Marvel lineups by the end of the decade. The Silver Age of comics was followed by the Bronze Age. There's not one single event that can be said to herald the beginning of the Bronze Age instead of an, instead a number of events at the beginning of the 1970s. One of them was in June 1973 when Gwen Stacy, girlfriend of spider was killed by the Green Goblin, He's one of his most known villains, and the beginning of the Bronze Age coincided with the end of the careers of many veteran writers and artists of the time, or their promotion to management positions and retirement from writing or drawing and the replacement with a younger generation of editors and creators. Publishers began the era by scaling back on their superior publication, catching many of the weakest selling titles and experimenting with other genres such as horror and sword and sorcery genres. Another change in the era was how social issues was handled in the comic book stories. In the 1970s, relevance of social issues became not only a feature of the stories, but also something that the books loudly proclaimed on their covers to promote sales. An example is X Men titles, which were partly based on the premise that mutants were a metaphor for real world minorities. The Bronze Age brought the recognition of to writers and artists as they got a lot more credit for their creation, even though they were still ceding copyright to the companies for whom they worked. Pencil artists were allowed to keep the original artwork and sell it on the open market. And when word got out that Superman's creators were living in poverty, artists such as Neil Adams, Jerry Robinson, and Bernie Wrightson helped organize fellow artists to pressure DC in rectifying them and other pioneers from the 1930s and 1940s. As the Bronze Age began in the early 1970s, popularity shifted away from the established superhero genre towards comic book titles from which Supers were absent altogether. These non superior comics were typically inspired by genres like westerns, or fantasy and pop fiction. By the 1970s, horror series continued on into 1980s, until they were marked- transformed, markedly transformed into new formats, starting with Alan Moore's groundbreaking work on DC Swamp Thing in the early 1980s. Horror comic books incorporated elements of science fiction, fantasy, and strove to a new artistic standard. Other examples include Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. In the mid-1970s, Marvel's anti-heroes such as the X-Men's Wolverine, the Punisher, and writer-slash-artist Frank Miller's darker versions of Daredevil will challenge the previous model of the superhero as a cheerful humanitarian. Miller also creates a lecturer who straddled the conventional boundary between love, interest, and villain. The end of the Bronze Age relates to a number of trends and events that happened at around the time frame of 1985 to 1986. Two of these are Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons and Batman the Dark Knight Returns* by Frank Miller which redefined the superior genre and inspired years of grim and gritty comic books. After the Bronze Age came the modern age of comic books or the dark age of comic books. According to Sean R. Rook of Pop Matters, the shift from the previous age, ages involved a, de- a deconstructive and dystopian re-envisioning re- of iconic characters and the worlds that they live in. According to Matthew Therout from Well Living in the Postmodern Age of Comics, this age is split into two. into two. The Dark Age from 1985 to 2004 in the modern age, from 2004 until today. The title Dark Age was made by Mark Vogler, Volger wrote an article and Comic Buyer's Guide to commemorate the event in 1996, after Batman The Dark Knight Returns, where Vogler finally gave a name to what was, at the time, the newest age of comics. During the Dark Age, the sales numbers reached new heights. The realistic aspects of Bronze age comics evolved into revisionism thanks to works like Alan Moore's Watchmen and Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. These works applied real-world psychology to superheroes, and violence and psychosis were often the results. Other comic series were published that would lay the groundwork for the Dark Age, and they were all bestsellers and drastically changed the way that comics were written and marketed, by, by introducing the concept of the invent book and creating compelling standalone stories that readers could pick up. At their leisure, with no prior knowledge of the character. Under the guidance of the British invasion, a term used to describe the influx in the late 1980s of British comic creators, especially writers, it brought back the truly weird and fantastical in level not seen, even seen in the Silver Age, through titles such as Miracle Man, Sandman, Flex Mentala, and Promethea but also for the first time began deconstructing the superior genre in works such as Watchmen, followed by a wave of nihilistic antiheroes and cynical storylines. By the, by the early 1990s, revisionism was, dominate, was the dominant mode of storytelling in the superhero genre, and revisionist comics often experimented with new artistic formats and narrative techniques. By the late 1980s, these had published many mature titles such as John Constantine's Hellblazer, Something and Lobo they feature morally ambiguous characters in adult content that differentiated them from other mainstream titles DC later separated these titles so that launch to their launch vertical imprint the properties titles outside of the DC universe By the early 1990s Anteriors had become the rule rather than the exception and among the most popular were Marvel's cable Marvel's cable and venom and image comics Spawn. A big difference in this era than its predecessor was the rise of independence, first by Image Comics. Founded by some of the biggest names of Marvel Comics in 1992, Image Comics represented a new direction for the comic book industry. The industry has, had been the subject of a number of disputes concerning creator rights, and most of those disputes centered around whether the creator of a character owns the right to that character, and are thus entitled to a portion of the profits made of that character. The trend of creating characters with more psychological depth that were less black and white also affected super-variance. Carried on until the mid-1980s, the the X-Men had become one of the most popular titles in comics. Marvel decided to build on this success by by creating a number of spin-off titles. By the early 1990s, X-Men had become the biggest franchise in comics. And by the middle of the decade, over a dozen X-Men related comics comic books both continuing and limited series were published each month. This sales boom resulted in a great deal of merchandising and this success was thanks in no small part to the Fox Network's animated X-Men series which debuted in 1992. The sales boom began to wane in the mid to late 1990s due to the crash of specula- speculators market and the effect it had on the industry Marvel declared bankruptcy in 1996 and as a result, scaled back all of their franchises, franchises, including X-Men, where a number of X-Books were cancelled. Though the comic book market crash occurred, very little change happened in the comic books themselves. Sales suffered and publishers made changes to the distribution methods, but the narrative trends in the books remained the same. The end of the dark age came gradually as the dominant mode of storytelling began to change. In response to the dominance of purp- purposeless, gratuitous violence in comics, some creators sought to rebel against the revisionism by returning to the joy and wonder that was once pre- prevalent in comics. This counter-reformation co- coalesced into a movement of its own through the publication of works like Marvels and Astro City, both by Kurt Busiek. This movement, called reco- reconstructionism, abandoned the realistic quality of revisionism while preserving the literary intelligence. Naturally, there were those who resisted the turn towards reconstructionism, including the writer Warren Ellis. Ellis spent much of the 1990s ignoring the existence of reconstructionism in favor of preserving realism in his work. Revisionist comics, as a general rule, utilized violence for the sake of being violent, and with the turn towards reconstructionism. The use of violence with no larger purpose in the narrative seemed to be a childish throwback to the comics of the 1980s. Published by Marvel Comics in 1994, Marvel's examined the early years of Marvel Comics through the eyes of a fictional fictional journalist, Phil Sheldon. The story proceeded chronologically through the Golden Age, Silver Age, and Early Bronze Age of Marvel Comics from 1939 to 1974, with Phil Sheldon bearing witness to the biggest events of those years though marvels was written too early to present the end of the dark age it did signal the beginning of the end the story featured a reversal of a number of themes that were coming that were common in in the dark age comics while eschewing the dominant mode of storytelling for an instant marvels was decidedly realistic both in terms of the style of artwork and the content of the story but that realism was used to celebrate the possibilities posed by superheroes rather than an imposed restriction on the powers or expound on the various psychosis. DC's Kingdom Come expounded further on these themes, featured in Marvels. Like Marvels, Kingdom Come followed a civilian in his in, in interaction with superheroes and villains in an attempt to demonstrate the wonder and joy, and re, ne, wonder and joy that revisionist comics re, neglected. Written by Mark Waid and drawn by Alex Ross, Kingdom Come represented pushback against the cynical nihilistic messages found in comics published in the late 1980s and 1990s. KinoCom was never meant to fall into the trends of realism and revisionism that dominated the Dark Age, and instead sought out to act as a commentary on the cynical, overly violent tones that superhero comics took in the 1980s and 1990s. Come, like Marvels before, it, acted as heralds at the end of the Dark Age, and the end of the dominant story trends of realism and revisionism. Despite the changes in narrative and artistic forms introduced by reconstructionist comics, there were no widespread changes in most mainstream comic books until 2001. In the 2000s, Marvel Comics launched a a wild scary reimagining of the fictional universe with Ultimate Spider-Man. This reimagining featured modernized versions of Marvel's most popular heroes. One of the main problems with the comics of the Dark Age had been the overwhelming amount of of continuity into which modern comics were required to fit. Because comics were written to appeal to already existing fans, it was nearly impossible for new readers to get a foothold in the long-running series. The Ultimate Universe sought to rectify that issue by reintroducing the characters as young heroes that were just beginning their careers. The Dark Age came to an end in 2001, not only because of the beginning of Marvel's revitalization efforts but also because of the fundamental shift. In the narrative context of mainstream comics following 9 11. From The Aluminum Age by Amy Cullerton, the modern age, or what she calls the Aluminum Age, began in 2001 when changes to the comic book medium and industry took hold. Popular media underwent a fundamental shift after 9 11 in 2001. Comics, once the perfect tool for the dissemination of propaganda, were now the domain of cynical, nihilistic, morality relativistic subculture as historian Bradford Wright wrote September 11 forced comic book markets to step back and reevaluate the place of the industry in American culture. In December 2001 the attacks appeared in the storylines of mainstream ongoing comics consumed superiors were not the best icons to stand in the immediate aftermath of the attacks. Written in 2008, Marvel's Civil War was one of Marvel's most ambitious storylines to be published following 9-11 In the story, a group of inexperienced heroes known as the New Warriors causes an explosion in Stamford, Connecticut, that kills over 600 people. Following this, the U.S. government passes a Superhero Registration Act, which requires superpowered individuals to register their secret identities with the government. The comfort over whether or not to comply with the act eventually tears apart the superhero community. One of the factors that was given for this current age is of of how comics were becoming transmenial objects. Comic books were well suited to being adapted into other forms of media. Superman first appeared in 1938 and by, by, the ni- by 1939 his stories were already being adapted as syndicated comic strips in newspapers across the country. Superman may not, may not, may not have been the first superhero to make the jump from comic book pages to the big screen, but he was responsible for demonstrating just how easily comic book characters could be licensed. While, ad- while ad- adaptation of comic books and other forms of media were relatively common in the second half of the 20th century, the number of adaptations increased dram- dramatically during the 2000s with the release of X Men in 2001. The comic book film went from an unimpressive risky investment to an almost guaranteed blockbuster. Emmy Carter argues that regardless of why comic book adaptations became popular in the aluminum age, the impact the impact such popularity Had on the comic book industry as a whole was profound, thanks to those adaptations. She says that there are two sides to the modern comic book industry, the popular and the the esoteric. One side, the popular, is designed to appeal to the public at large. It is in this form that the comic book industry has remained a product of the mass media industry. The esoteric side appeals only to a tiny, niche audience. A demographic so narrow that that the health of comic book publishing has been under sustained and significant threat. This duality created a number of problems for the creative and editorial teams behind modern comic books. These teams must create content that will retain an extremely finicky, narrow, and notoriously hard to please fan base while simultaneously appealing to the mainstream public. The ease with which comic book stories and characters can be adapted to fit other forms of media, secure the status of the comic books as transmittal objects, while also providing a much-needed source of income, when the sales of comic books themselves were not even enough to keep the industry alive. Well that's it for me, of talking about the modern age of superheroes starting from, from once it began to how it is right now, I guess that's it. This has been the public podcast. Okay, then I'll see you next year then. I don't know.